This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. Also, the president of Eagle Saving Nations, please go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. We need to have another great awakening. We have to, to save the republic. I have with me again, evangelist, pastor, Paulette Williams. I've known her for many years, good friend of mine. She spoke for me here at the headquarters of World Ministries International. We're in our college chapel. It's a live audience, and she's going to be speaking again. Last week, if you didn't see the program, please go to my website, worldministries.org. You can go to Roku, our channel, or YouTube, or Rumble, and so many other places, and you could watch it. You know, we're in troubling times. Hamas, is it in the Bible? Well, the word is, yes. It's also a terrorist organization, but it is in the Bible. The Hebrew word Hamas is a noun meaning an act of aggression. And it was the reason, one of the reasons for the flood of Genesis, the sins. Significant for the reasons for the flood. Now, Hamas, currently initiated, founded in 1987. What does it mean? I believe it's going to be destroyed again for their sins. And right now they're in the process, hopefully, of being wiped out. You got to have total surrender or you have to wipe them out. They have a philosophy and an oath and a charter from sea to sea. They do not want peace. They've been offered a two-state solution five times by the Israeli government. They are sworn to wipe out the Jews, the Israel nation, sworn then to take apart America. So ladies and gentlemen, we must understand when it's time to fight. And it's time. It's time. There can be no peace. God does the same thing when he returns. That's what hell is all about. This is a time of grace, mercy, grace, for us to receive him as Lord and Savior, or there will be eternal separation. Because the Bible says if he doesn't finally separate, the innocent will become prey. As the world is getting more evil, more violent, and more destructive, and coming against true Christians. So again... I have evangelist pastor Paulette Williams. She can take her liberty, speak as long as she wants. Paulette, God bless you. God bless you, Dr. Hansen. Well, I'm so glad to be with you all today. And I'm glad to be back. And I tell you, it is an awesome time in our lives. A difficult time, but a good time. And just like Dr. Hansen said, the alarm has got to be sounded. You've got to know that this is 
This is where the rubber meets the road. Because the days are not getting better. They're getting more evil. Amen. And it brings us to our scripture. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I wanted to bring this up because we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared because there's perilous times. There's different things going on like Hamas, wars, rumors of wars, so many different things that are actually going on that we need to be highly prepared so that we take our stance and we know what our position is and we go forward with that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whose might? Not mine. Not yours. In the power of his might. Finally, brethren, be strong. That's why the alarm has got to be sounded. Now, when you're talking about being strong, it is Jesus that has the unlimited power. Unlimited power. And those that are in Christ that belong to him have what? Unlimited power. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So strong is having power to move. You can move despite what Satan means for bad. God's going to make it good. I've been hearing so long about they're going to crash that dollar. For years and years they've been saying it. Well, whose hand is holding that back? God. Because we're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So no matter how much the threat is there, God will have his way. He is creator. And so many times people treat him like a piece of creation. No, he's creator. Amen. So he wasn't created. We were created. Amen. Satan wasn't creator. He's created. So we don't worry about what's created. We just look to who the creator is. He said it's in the power of his might. An unlimited power. All power and authority has been given to him in heaven and in earth. And he said, therefore, go and make disciples. So we want to look at the word stand. Stand means to abide and to continue. Stationary, to establish against the vials of the devil. Stand still and stand your ground. Stand through grace and faith. My husband and I were messianic at one point. So we have a rabbi, Rabbi Daniel Vargas. And there's something that I really loved about him in all of their teaching. There's nothing like being taught by a rabbi. When a rabbi teaches you, he teaches you from a perspective, sometimes in places that Christianity doesn't teach you. But he teaches you, and first thing he says, this is a Jewish Bible. All of the writers are Jewish. And even the Savior is Jewish. <laughs> we just laugh. But I love this about him. He says, look how Christianity will teach you that the road is broad and wide. Oh, that's the world. They're just broad and wide. He said, no, it's not. It's us, the Christians. Because we can go broad and wide. But God didn't say go broad and wide. He said straight and narrow. And he said the way we look at narrow is one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. He said, which is not easy to do. It's like walking a tightrope. You may not make it there. 
So the way he teaches, you know, and even to stand and having done all to stand and you stand by faith and you stand by grace. And he said, if you look at the word faith, because Christians go by faith. He said, and it's not a bad thing. He said, but everywhere you see the word faith, put what we stand in as Jews, trust. He said, because with faith, like Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He said, put the word trust there. Now trust is the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He said, this is the difference between faith and trust. He said in faith, sometimes people will tell you, oh, go get more faith, sister. Go get more faith, brother. Oh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Get more faith. You just need more faith to believe. He said, you know why Jews use the word trust? Because trust is an absolute. Mm -hmm. You either absolutely trust God or you absolutely don't. He said, don't get rid of the word faith because it takes faith to please God. You don't get rid of that word. But you also realize you need the word trust because it's an absolute. So you either absolutely have that faith to move or you absolutely don't. And you've got to trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, you've got to trust him. So he can direct your path. Amen. 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 So now we're going to go ahead. We're going to go over to Ephesians 6. And we're going to look at verse 13 and 14. Now I'm going somewhere and I want you to come go with me. So it reads, wherefore, take up the whole armor of God. He's not telling you to pick and choose. He said the whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. This is the evil day. This is sounding the alarm. Yes, yes. This is sounding the alarm. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because the alarm has got to be sounded. He said in the evil day, this is evil day. This is perilous times. This is wars and rumors of wars. This is us seeing where Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and Russia and China, North Korea, they're not playing. They mean for our destruction because Israel is the little devil, but we're the big devil. (laughs) So let's not act like when those borders are open, Hamas didn't already come through. Hezbollah didn't already come through. Whoever wanted to come through to set up the destruction of America and hit America like they think they hit Israel. But God, because Israel has a God that fights for them. Even Rahab knew that. He said, all the men are scared of you Israelis because they know God fights for you. Well, God fights for us. And I was so thankful when I came in and we did the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation under God. Under God. That's how we view it. Under God. Because it takes God. If God be for you, who can be against you? So you can plot and plan, but as long as the alarm is sounded. And the alarm is be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now turn over to Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah, Old Testament, and we're going to 4.6. Zechariah 4.6. And it reads, Then he answered and spoke unto him, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, 
Not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's never by the might nor the power of man. It's always by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, always by his power. All power and authority has been given unto Jesus. You be in Christ, unlimited power. You do the things that bring you before God, unlimited power, all power and authority. So he says that you have to know that it's not by the power and the might of man. It's only by the spirit. So if God be for you, who's against you? 2 Corinthians 1.24. 2 Corinthians, and we're going to 1.24. I love God, and I tell people all the time, I'm not going to hell. I don't care who wants to go, go. <laughs> hell was not made for me. It was not made for me. God already told me what was made for me. The streets of gold, the pearly gates, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. I'm only going to be where Jesus is at. Wherever he's at, that's where I am. So let's look at 2 Corinthians, and we're going to 1, verse 24. But let's start over in verse 20. For all the promises of God are in him, and yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Now, he that establishes us with you in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, and has anointed us is God, is God. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, who has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. You're the temple of the living God. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Okay, moreover, I call God for a report upon my soul that to spare you, I come not as yet unto Corinthians, not for that we have dominion over your faith. It's not about anyone in leadership having dominion over your faith. But what does it read? But our helpers for your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Helpers for your joy. You never allow Satan to steal your joy. Amen. Because you have others that are around you. And that's why I believe in Hebrews 10.25. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. As in the manner of some. But exalt one another so much so as you see the day approaching. We have got to come to the church. We've got to come and gather as one body. One Lord. One Father. One Spirit of us all. Why? Because that's where you're going to find your joy. That's where you're going to find your strength. And it says, for by faith ye stand, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost as it's found in the book of Jude. But it is to Christ, the most high God, that we stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. We don't drop our guard or lose our heart. We overcome the powers, principalities, the rules of darkness, dominions and my spiritual wickedness in high places, citadels of darkness, prince of the power of the air, prince of the region. All of it is a defeated foe and under our feet. And we've got to enforce that defeat. And it doesn't matter who the enemy that comes in against you. He said when Satan comes in like a flood, he'd raise a standard against him. You are part of that standard. The word of God is part of that standard. Your prayers is a part of that standard. Declare and decree a thing that shall be established. That's part of the standard. Because God doesn't perform my opinion. 
and he doesn't perform yours. He performs his word. The angels won't perform your opinion or mine either, but they will perform his word. And he's not a man he should lie. He's not going to repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? He is the head of the body of Christ. Be strong in the Lord because he is the head of the body of Christ. Anything you're facing in your life, anything, and it doesn't matter if it's healing. It doesn't matter if it's a circumstance or a trial. It doesn't matter what it is. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He has unlimited power. And you be in Christ, then he will be, if he's for you, who's going to be against you? Who's going to change it for you? Who's greater? I have a nephew, and I'm always on him about God and believing, and you would think he's an atheist. He lives now in Texas, and he came up. His sister was getting married. And, of course, we had our usual conversation. And he always says, Auntie, well, this is that, and that is this. And I said, well, you're using logics to say I've never seen a God. You're using logics to discredit this and discredit that. And he, because there's so much Christianity in our family. In all our conversation, finally at the end, he said, don't think, Auntie, that I don't believe in the Creator. I mean, just, just, I was so happy with all these years of having a conversation with him that I wasn't listening to him saying, I'm an atheist, I'm an atheist, I don't believe, I don't believe, I don't believe. But he said, don't act like I don't believe in a creator. Now, I listened to this man one time that 25 years he's debating another Christian theologian. And it took 25 years for this atheist a well-known atheist, to turn around and accept Jesus as Savior. And then he says this, and this I pass on to you. He said this, you never not talk to an atheist. So I have great joy talking to atheists. I love it. He said, you don't ever not talk to them because in order to be an atheist, they have to understand who God is. They have to understand every concept. They have to understand everything about God in order to reject and not believe in him. So don't think they don't know. They know. But you still work on their hearts. You plant, you water, and you still talk to them. Because eventually, God will bring forth the increase. He'll do it. But you've got to do your part. And so in talking to my nephew, I was so happy to hear <laughs> that he acknowledged there's a creator. I know there's a creator. He said, don't think, Auntie, I don't believe in the creator. I rejoiced because all the planting, all the watering was not a waste of time. And what that man said all his life as an atheist and then in his old age accepted Jesus as Savior. He was right. You don't ever not talk. You don't ever not make answer for what you believe. You don't ever stand before God when he sends you to somebody to bring the good news of the gospel and not spread the good news. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Romans 5. Let's turn to Romans 5. We're going to look at verse 2. Romans chapter 5. God is a good God all the time. I would have lost heartless, I believe, but I do believe in the goodness of God. 
in the land of the living. Romans 5, 2, and it reads, By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. How are you going to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God? You're going to have to stand, and it's by grace you will stand. It's by faith you will stand. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I don't have to rely on who I am. I rely on who he is. I don't have to figure out how to do this or how to do that. I just have to pray. And he told me when I was National Day of Prayer State Coroner for Hawaii, leading the state in Hawaii and gathering people to pray the first Thursday of May. And he told me this. He said, I can't answer a prayer that was never prayed. But Jesus said the same thing. You have not because you ask not, but ask the Father in my name. But the Holy Spirit told me, I can't answer a prayer that was never prayed. Somebody's got to make the prayer. So your strength is in prayer. Your strength is in the word. Your strength is going before him and asking him. And I don't care how long it takes, but God always answers a prayer. I have never seen where God did not answer a prayer. He answers every time. And sometimes you just need to realize what your relationship with him is. Does he answer you through a sermon? Does he answer you through the word? Does he answer you with the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit? How does he answer you? And you look for him, always have an expectation that God's going to answer that prayer. Have an expectation that he's going to tell you because he would be wrong to keep you in the dark when he's the light. Amen. And you're to walk in the light as he's in the light. Be children of the light. He's always going to give you the answer to the prayer. He's always going to let you know what you don't know. And I'm like that. People say, oh, you can't just ask God where are your keys. You can't ask God, oh, God, I lost this. I lost that. Oh, he doesn't do such frivolous, you know, mini, mini, tiny little things. Yes, he does. Because I personally get very irritated with the fact that he's looking and he sees it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, God, you are looking at it. I can't find it. Example, my son at that time, he was probably about four, and he was just a rambunctious little boy. We're in L.A. in a department store. They're snatching kids left and right. My son is there, and all of a sudden, my son is not. There's escalators. We're in a department store. It's huge. <laughs> I'm like... God, where is that kid? Now, my first thought, he said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, Paulette. The first way I thought to go was to go up the escalator, that he would just run up the escalator for fun because it's moving. <laughs> and my first thought was that. And I said, God, you're looking at him and you see him and I don't see him. <laughs> Step of a righteous man is order of the Lord. Order my steps. I want the kid back. I don't need him snatched. And I'm about to take off. I keep looking at the escalator. And God is just like, be still. And I just got real still. And then he just led me to the little round rack right off to my right. And my son was in there. 
Isn't that God? <laughs> I'm always like, God, you can see, you know, you have understand everything I'm not understanding. I was going to go up the escalator. The kid would have still been where we were. So he thought, let's play hide and seek. <laughs> but God, and that's why you trust God. That's why you look to God, because anytime I've ever lost anything, he'll show me right where it is. And I'm also a firm believer. I take it a little further than that, because one time I lost the diamond off my wedding ring and I was in the car. I didn't get out of the car. I was in the car and I looked down. The prong had broke and the diamond was gone. And I was like. Okay, it's got to be in the car. But someone had come to my car and said something to me. And my hand did go outside the window. But I was like, God, you're looking at the diamond. I was in the front seat, passenger side. I looked all over. I got out. I looked in the back seat, looked all over, looked on the floor, looked everywhere. And I said, God, I want the diamond back. You're looking at it. Give me the diamond. And I said, on top of that, if it went somewhere that I can't find it, just make it materialize. I'm not joking. I finally just sat still, be still and know I'm God. I sat still and I waited for him to answer the prayer. Give me the diamond back. And then it was like, get out of the car and go look in the back seat. I got out of the car, looked in the back seat. It's sitting on the middle of the floor in the back seat. I looked back there. I was frantic. <laughs> I looked on the side. I looked everywhere. But I'm a firm believer that he loves me unconditionally. I can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It's his almighty power. That diamond was not there. But God loves me. <laughs> he gave me back my time. And I just, I stood in awe of him. Because he made it materialize. Because he knows all men's heart. And he knows that broke my heart to lose that diamond. Just that fast within minutes. And I hadn't noted that the prong was half broke. I didn't note it. But he gave me the diamond back. So what's impossible for God? Nothing. Nothing. What's impossible for you? Thank you. Thank you for answering that. Nothing. You are the temple of the living God. He can do all things because you can do all things because of him. Be strong in the power of God. Be strong in the power of Jesus Christ. Realize everything he's done for you. It wasn't for himself. He's 100% God. He's 100% man. But he did it for you. He shed his blood for you. He died on that cross for you so that you could be empowered so that he could have a body and be, be the head of the body of Christ. But what he does, you do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen, church. So let's look over at Corinthians 2, 6. Come on, come go with me because we're talking about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It takes the spirit of the living God for you to be successful. Corinthians, not Corinthians, Colossians 2, verse 6, and it reads, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
So walk ye in him. Walk ye in him. If you walk in him as he dwells in you, then what's impossible? You've got unlimited power. You've got unlimited power. You've got strength to stand. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Thereby you abide, you continue in God. So when you're standing for your healing, you stand and do what the things God places before you. I had talked about how my husband uh, went from with the cancer and you're supposed to for a prostrate for a man is supposed to be zero to four and his was 217. So they're like, oh, we don't need to biopsy that. We already know you got cancer. Now he's in stage four B because it's gone from the tumor that's in the cancer that's in the apostate uh, to the lymph nodes and now has traveled in different parts of his bones. So yeah, that's a, you know, recipe for death. But you will live and not die and declare the glory of the Lord. Right there, you put scripture to it. Because Jesus said that when Satan challenged him. Oh well, Satan tried, he challenged. But it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God's got to perform that. Because he shouldn't have said unless he meant it. He meant it, thereby he performed it. So within a month and a half, you're talking about it went from 217 and they said, oh, it went down to four. No, not four, 12. And then, oh, it went down to four. Oh, uh, now the last couple of times, 0.1, undetectable. You know, and they're like, oh, look, the medication's working. Medication. I tell doctors all the time, you are nothing but a Band-Aid. I said, I'm going to tell you who you are, and then I'm going to tell you who I am. I said, you are a doctor. You are a Band-Aid to terminal and chronic that you say live with it and die. But I have a Savior. I have a Lord. His name is Jesus. He doesn't say, oh, just live with it and die. Just be happy. Oh, go in peace. No, he said, by my stripes, you're healed. He is a God that is for me and not against me. And he's not a band-aid. He's a healer. Get rid of it, God. And I always say to him, uh, I don't remember you walking down here with cancer. (laughs) I don't remember that your disciples had to pray for you. (laughs) So if he's a temple of the living God, Cancer doesn't belong to him. And if I get anything, even a headache, by your stripes I'm healed, I'm going to put some word on it. The same as somebody's going to put an antibody to it. I'm going to put word on it because I need this gone. I need it out of my life. I need it out of my children. I need it out of my husband. I need it gone. It doesn't belong to us. The word of God belongs to us. Jesus belongs to us. The blood belongs to us. The cross, the finished work of the cross of Christ belongs unto us. Sickness and disease is not of God, and it's not mine. Even people sin. Sin requires a payment. You got to pay for sin. Who paid the price? Jesus paid it. And that's one thing I do have to say when we were messianic that I highly learned, that I finally realized and, and settled in 
that I love my Christian uh, covenant <laughs> with the Old Testament and living by the law. 613 commandments, not 10, 613 commandments all the way from Genesis to Malachi. If you break one commandment, you broke all 613 commandments. That's why it pointed that you need a savior. Mm -hmm. And then the savior came, Jesus, and said two commandments off of the base of one word, love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe shall not perish but have everlasting life. So love the Lord thy God, all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might. My covenant. Love your neighbor like you love yourself, like I've loved you. Two commandments that I can fulfill because of Jesus Christ. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And through his might, I can live that covenant. Amen. And I learned, I thank God for the covenant that I have. I love all Israel. I love my Jewish brothers. You're the seed of Abraham by faith. And I love all of that. But I love what Jesus did. He simplified it. And we walk in that covenant. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So look, turn over with me to Jeremiah 9. Jeremiah, right after Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 9. You need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. There's nothing, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you can't. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jeremiah chapter 9. God is a good God. There is nothing he has left undone when it comes to you and when it comes to the things of God. He's not left it undone. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Why? Because all wisdom comes from above and wisdom is the principal thing. It says, don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. It's the wisdom of God you need. Amen. When I don't know something, when I don't know how to do something, it's the wisdom of God that I need. So I'll glory in his wisdom. And neither let the mighty man glory in his might, which I've been saying. It's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my uh, spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So I don't need to glory it be glorying in my might. What might do I have? He said, you can't make, you can't even make your height an extra cubic. You can't even make your hair black or white. You don't have any power like that. And Satan and them demons have more power in their little pinky than we do as humans. But God. See, I love this about God because God trumped Lucifer before he even got started. When it comes to a human being, they have a spirit. What portion did God go after when it comes to us as the creation? He went after our spirit. What does he own? The spirit. Satan can't deal with your spirit. He can't touch it. 
because you belong to Jesus. So he said, okay, he'll get in your mind. He'll mess with your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. But I got the word to handle that. And oh, he'll come around and he'll mess with your body. You know, but by my stripes, she'll be healed. But he took the best part and Satan can't touch it. And I love that about God. One of my favorite books is Job. Job is the first book written. And I love it because Satan does not have instant audience with God. You know who has instant audience with God? You. You don't have to wait for the sons of God. You don't have to wait to have uh, an usher and be called by God to come forth to talk to him. Instantly, call upon me and I will answer you. Satan don't get that. None of them get that in the dark side. They got to wait on God. I love the book of Job. And then you look at this because we are instruments in the master's hand. Somebody's the master. You're an instrument in the master's hand. Your master is Jesus. But you're the instrument in the master's hand. And you need to be careful who's mastering your life. Because I once had this lady, and uh, she was a, a bishop. And she was talking. And she was just all over reprimanding me about stuff. And, oh, you're like this, and, oh, you're like that. And I kept looking at her like, God, why does she keep saying I'm like that? God, why does she even think I thought that? I didn't think that. That was never a thought of mine. And she kept on saying this. And from above, God is saying, do you hear him? What did I say she was? Or her? <laughs> he keeps saying, do you hear him? And I, God was so stern, serious. I was like, yes, Lord. And I'm just talking to God through my thoughts. Yes, Lord, I hear him. And she's going off, just coming after me with every knife she could knife me with. And I'm like, God, I didn't think that. God, I didn't say that. God, I don't even believe that. <laughs> and he kept saying, do you hear him in my spirit? That's what he kept saying. I was like, yes, Lord, I hear him. And finally, after she did a couple of things, I finally said, Lord, who's the him? <laughs> I'm listening to a her. And he said from the depths of my spirit, the accuser of the brethren. Who he was mad. And I was like, and every time he would say, do you hear him? I laughed. So I know she thought I was crazy. Every time he yeah. said, I would answer very politely with God. And I started laughing because she's a her. And he keeps asking me, do I hear him? And I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. Because you're an instrument in the master's hands. She's in position of ministry. And then you don't realize that you're an instrument in the master's hands, Satan's hands? Mm. You don't even realize that. Life and death are the power of the tongue. God's not joking when he said that. Mm. That was not uh, if you choose to use it. No, life and death are the power of the tongue. God produced things from, and God said, look at Genesis 1. God said, God made, God, you know, whatever he did, you're creating his image. What you say comes out of your mouth 
you're producing. Your todays is from your yesterdays and what has always progressed into your life. But you are forming your own world through your mouth. I went to a Word of, word of Life in uh, Hawaii, Pastor Arden Kuna Sepulveda. And when I first got there, I met a girl that was uh, Usher. And I used to have this statement growing up, didn't think much of it. And I said, you know, that just really kills me. And she would look at me and just go, and I said, oh, that just really kills me. And she said, Paulette, uh, you need to die? You want to die? <laughs> I said, what? I said, why did you say that? She said, you keep saying and declaring and decreeing that everything just really kills you. And I looked at her, my eyes got so big. I was like, oh my God, from that day on, I never said it again. Because what you declare, you decree, can get established. You watch your mouth. You watch your words. Out of the buns of your heart, your mouth speaks. You have to watch your words. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Watch your words. Someone that I had met through that church was Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, he, when he was alive, he watched words that were just simple things. And every word was something that he watched his words continuously and what his words were producing on how he was saying something, how something needed to be said, how other people were saying it. And he, he was a very tall man, but he just kept on with, you know, don't say that, you know, don't do that like that. And yet, even in a description of a person, he would just tell you, no, that's the wrong way to say that. He watched his words continuously, what he said, because you don't want to produce that. You don't want that produced, and you have the ability to do what God does and what he did. You have that power. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. You're in the Lord and the power of his might. You will produce that from your mouth, and you don't want to produce that. And so now I want you to turn over. Oh, we didn't finish the uh, nine, Jeremiah nine. And we'll go to uh, verse 24. And it says, um, well, let's finish verse 23. Let the mighty man glory in his might and let not the rich man glory in his riches. It's not being rich that you can glory in. He said it's easier for, the eye, for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to reach heaven. Now, Rabbi explained that to us. He said there literally is a gate called the eye of the needle. He said, so when they load, he said, this is what that scripture means. When they load the camel with all of the heavy stuff they have to carry, you get to the eye of the needle, the camel has to get down on its knees, its four knees the four legs, and then they take everything off the camel. And then the camel has to crawl through the eye of the needle. So he said, that's the meaning of that scripture. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle as they move through. Then you bring all the stuff and put it back on the camel on the other side of the eye of the needle gate. He said, that's what that scripture means. Then for a rich man to enter heaven. Why? Because a rich man won't unload. He won't throw away all his wealth. 
He won't give all his wealth to the poor. He won't do that. So it's easier for a camel to unload and crawl through the eye of the needle and then be reloaded as they enter into Jerusalem or into Israel. Amen? Amen. So I want to go over to Psalms 27. Let's go to the left. Psalms 27, verse 1. Psalms 27. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I want the strength that I find, unlimited power that's in God, in Jesus, our Lord. Psalms 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This was David's remedy to fear. Fear, in 2 Timothy 1, um, 7, it tells you God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You have to operate in the power. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You've got to operate in that power. So he is our light and our salvation. Who are we supposed to fear? The opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of faith is fear. And so if you're not operating in faith, and it takes grace and faith to stand, if you're not operating in faith, then you're operating in fear. But yet you've got power available, power and a sound mind available. You've got life available. You got Jesus available. You got everything available to you. Everything has been made available to you. You're not lacking anything. But you've got to learn to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Philippians 4.13 and I know most of you probably know that. Philippians 4.13. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We gain strength by trusting God no matter what happens. So Philippians verse 4.13. And it reads, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Who's strengthening you? Well, we strengthen ourselves only if we're in Christ. <laughs> Okay, so Paul described this as a means of being strong in the Lord. That's what he was talking about, being strong in the Lord. He's talking about you have a little, you have a lot, you have, you know, I know to how to abound, to abase. And that's found in Philippians 4.12. So if you go up one, I know both how to abase and I know how to abound in everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Anything and everything can go wrong in life. Anything can. But God, God makes a way where there is no way. God <laughs> will bring you through. You just need to realize all power and authority really is in Christ Jesus. <laughs> And greater is he that's in you than he who's in this world. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Right. You have to go that way because there's no other way. You have to be willing to surrender the control to God. See, I can control anything. I have a controller personality, which means I'm task-driven. And me, I'm a, like a director, like a controller. My husband is more a promoter because he's people-oriented. I'm more task-oriented. 
Now you can be analytical or you can be a supporter. Supporter is, is more of a people person. Analytical is more of an analyzer, but they're task driven. An analyzer is more like one that is a postman that has taken so much stuff in their life, they analyze everything, get a gun, go to McDonald's and shoots everybody and then shoots themselves. Because the analytical person, you can't call them wrong <laughs> because they'll kill. They'll kill with their personality. They don't like. Be, anybody can be wrong, but not them. And they're analytical. And then they can react. But I'm a controller, and I once had a teacher in Bible college. And he was a counselor, and man, we would have graduation. I'd never seen so many degrees on one person. And I, I only had them for one class. I had a lot of assistant pastors that I would be under them, but I had never had him as assistant pastor. So I was never in one ministry that he had. And he was leaving, and he said, Paulette, I want you to take over pastoral care. And I was a layperson. I'm like, I'm not a pastor. He said, none of them can do what you do. And I said, and I only had him for one class. And I said, well, what is that? He said, you're this kind of a person. He said, I could tell you, build me that building over there. He said, okay, I'll build it for you. He said, then you're going to take and you're going to look at all the people. Oh, you're, you uh, love to build on wood. Oh, come, I've got a job for you. Oh, you want to do plumbing. Oh, you want to do electricity. Oh, you like drywall. Oh, uh, you like um, gardening. He said, you will take all those people and pull them all in one space, cause them to work together in unity and harmony, and the building gets built. And he said, and then you won't do any of the work. <laughs> and I laugh because it's so true. <laughs> I just had to laugh. And I was like, how do you know? He said, you know, I should have had you in the counseling sessions I had. I could have been teaching you. I could have been downloading in you. He said, because that's how you do it. And I said, well, yeah. He said, you'll take this ministry and make it work. And I said, well, why don't you give it to this other elderly man that was much more smarter than me? He said, because he doesn't have the mind you have. He said, not even the assistant pastors for what I built this ministry into, even they can't carry it. He said, you can do it because you'll get everybody and then say, okay, let's get to work. <laughs> and then you'll watch all of them. And I am. I'm a director and I'm a controller. <laughs> Y'all all go do that. And he was right. And I was amazed that this man, I'd been around him for a couple of years, but I didn't work with him. And I was amazed that he knew that about me because he's right, exactly like that. I'm gonna make sure it gets built because I want what you wanted. I want what you said. Let's go do that. But I'm not gonna do the work. I'm just gonna let everybody else do it because you have that great ability. Wow, you do such good work at plumbing. Put the plumbing over there. And that is the way I am. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And that's knowing what your gifts are. Whatever your gifts are, utilize them. God didn't give them to you so that you could be pleased that you have that. I have the word of knowledge. That's a gift he's given me. I have healing. I can lay hands. Those are the gifts that he gave me. And that's fine. I can do that. I can 
there's a lot of other things that he's given me. I use them when he wants them, when he needs them, when they have to be used. And I'll do that and stuff. But know your gifts. That just kind of popped up. Know your gifts and utilize them. And so I'm going to leave you with this one last thing. And that is this. That God is calling us to a higher plane and a higher level. It takes holiness. And I told you about holiness before. Holiness, you can't straddle the fence on it. You can be in holiness and then still be in drugs and say it's God. You can't be in holiness and still be alcohol and drinking. That's not holiness because holiness is singular. Be holy as I am holy. You can't straddle the fence. You can't be in God and still be in Satan. He's a small G God of this world. You can't be in both places. You straddle the fence. I'd rather you be hot. I'd rather you be cold. But you're lukewarm. He will spew you out of his mouth. You die. You're spewed out of his mouth. And hell is your bed. Because he doesn't take lukewarm. He takes hot. Cold, send you to hell. Lukewarm, send you to hell. But you need to be on fire for the Lord. He's an all-consuming fire. You need to be hot for the things of God. So when God is moving you in the word and having you to study something out, it's for your good. When he's having you to hear something, it's for your good. I always tell people, get your nuggets from whenever somebody preaches, get your nuggets. Get the pieces that are meant for you. Because this is what Kenneth Hagin Sr. had, had uh, taught. He said a cow or a horse eats grass. They don't have time for you know, dividing their grass from their rocks and their, uh, their wood and all of that that's in that grass, they just eat it. So they eat the hay. They don't have time to be dissecting that food. He said they eat the hay and spit the stick. They spit the rock, but they eat the hay. So get your nuggets, whatever applies for you today or in the sound of my voice, get the nuggets because God is talking to you and he's put something in your heart. And I'm especially encourage you that if you've got a plan or a purpose that God has for you, do it. Do it. It may not seem right, but God knows everything. He's eternity. Eternity is so wide and vast. Time is just a little slither. We're in time. But time is going to get done away with. And we have only left eternity. You're an eternal creature. You're going to be somewhere eternally. And I tell you, hell was not made for me. I'm not going. And I pray, sisters and brothers, you're not either. So be strong in the Lord and the power of your might. And remember holiness. Remember the boldness. Remember a good character and integrity. And on a good character and integrity, this is a saying that I love. Your talent can't take you where your character can't keep you. You need godly character and you need integrity to be a part of that when you have boldness and accessing God. Your talent can't take you. I don't care how talented somebody is. If their character is bad, they're going to come as fast as they went up is as fast as they're going to come down. Your talent can't take you 
where your character, God-fearing character, can't keep you. Because what keeps you up there as he's bringing you up is your integrity. So your talent can't take you where your character can't keep you. John 14, 27 reads, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. If you believe in Jesus, you're doing well. If he's your Lord and Savior, you're doing well. And I just want to leave that with you, brothers and sisters. And I'm going to go ahead and do a quick prayer. Father, I just lift up whoever it is in the sound of my voice. And I pray for their salvation. And Father, I pray that you will hear their prayer. And as you repeat after me, say these words. In the name of Jesus, Father God, forgive me of my sins. Remove them as far as the east is from the west. I believe, Abba Father, that you raised Jesus from the dead. So with my mouth, I confess Jesus, asking you to be my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins, that in my name be written in the Lamb of life. For I am now saved. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'm Pastor Paulette. Keys of the Kingdom Ministries, and I've enjoyed being with all of you today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.